you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Well, hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As it says there in the intro, brought to you with OvertimeIreland.com. That is our website. Our Twitter handle is at Overtime Ireland. My name is Colm Kelly and you can find me on Twitter at the column kelly uh, today's show is going to be a fun one we're going to be previewing the afc division we're going to be talking about of course the tom brady suspension being uplifted i was almost about to say upheld uplifted uh, he will be available to play in thursday night football which is just one week away as we're recording this thursday the 3rd of september uh, looking forward to the season getting here we're going to be previewing as i mentioned the afc conference as a whole talking about tom brady as always thank you for downloading the overtime ireland podcast uh, hopefully you've been enjoying our two shows a week schedule that we have had going the last couple of weeks bringing you more and more content as we get ready for the season and we're almost there we're almost in the season no more of this off-season talk it's going to be the real thing last game's of pre-season kicking off tonight hopefully nobody picks up any injuries in that and they'll all be ready for the start of the season no more injuries please is uh, what i'm going to say on that one Thanks for downloading, uh, thanks for listening as well, and of course, uh, if you are listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, maybe you're listening to us on the OvertimeIreland.com website, click in there to iTunes, click in to TuneIn, give us a a comment and a rating, helps move us up the rankings, and thanks for your continued support here off Overtime Ireland. And always with uh, the support that you give us, we do like to reward you from time to time, and uh, we'll be doing it more and more throughout the season with Overtime Ireland jersey competitions, Overtime Ireland t-shirt competitions, and so on. And uh, this last week, we give away a signed picture of Bill Cower that we got signed recently, and uh, we have two more to give away. We'll be giving away them before next Thursday's game, so stay tuned to the at Overtime Ireland Twitter feed for that. And with all that out of the way, delighted to be joined on the show by Dave Larkin. Uh, a few weeks back, uh, actually about a week and a half ago, we had Sigmund Bloom of FootballGuys.com on the show. We got a lot of positive feedback, but uh, Sigmund give uh, Dave a kind of shout out. Nada has been one of the Irish guys working on the site over there, along with Kean Fahey, who he uh, butchered Kean's name again, called him Kean Fahey, but. Uh, now we have uh, on the show after all that there we've uh, got Dave on the show at the stage I hadn't checked up a lot of Dave's work but I've been looking at it over the last week and have to say Dave very impressed with it you're writing up on footballguys.com as well and uh, it's, it's good to have you on the show Thanks a million, Colm. Uh, great to be here, and I appreciate the compliments about the work. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a truly a team effort over at Football Guys. The the stuff people are putting out is, is amazing. You know, the DFS content now as well. And as you mentioned, Key in there, yes, he's one of my favorite writers personally on the site. So yeah, it's 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 great to be part of that team. Yeah, phenomenal team. Great stuff from them uh, all around. Really, yeah, I have to say, there's there's a lot of sites out there, but. With their podcast, with their site, um, I know we like to have a, a voice here for Ireland in the NFL circles, but um, what they do is uh, truly extraordinary each and every week. But today on the show, we're going to be discussing the AFC and uh, kind of previewing the division, but I guess we can't can't go without today's breaking news, and that is the Tom Brady's suspension, the four-game suspension. He appealed it, he went to court, and it has been kind of, it's been just blowing away now, and uh, Tom Brady is free to start next Thursday night's game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've said all summer long that I thought this was a, a disaster from the NFL in, in terms of PR for them, how they handled it from the outset. I thought it kind of seemed to be, kind of they were trying to make an example of Brady, they were trying to make an example of the Patriots, and really and truly after it all, when it came down, I tweeted out today, it's something that, you know, at this stage I still don't really care about the PSI of a football. How have you thought it's been handled uh, all throughout? I'm, I'm not a Patriots fan. My co-host that's usually on the show, my brother DJ, is a Patriots fan. I've seen the news coming out on Twitter today, and uh, I think it was maybe 
less than uh, about 15 seconds after I seen Ian Rappaport's tweet that <laughs> my phone was ringing with his number coming up so uh, he, he's obviously delighted as a Patriots fan but as a neutral uh, it's something that I just thought was terribly handled by the NFL and overall I'm just uh, I'm glad to see it over but I'm sure from maybe Jets fans from Bills fans it's a, it's a long way from over exactly uh, the, the word train wreck comes to mind I yeah. think the, the whole thing has just been handled terribly and it may not be over that's the worst part it, the NFL may decide to appeal this I don't think they should I think the as you mentioned the PR angle of this is, is what really needs to be put under the microscope and can Goodell really handle or uh, can he really handle another you know, a backlash over this once again with the season starting. Um, it's one of these things. I think as a fan, you're kind of tired of hearing about it. Um, it's good to finally get something concrete and that we now know most likely uh, Brady will play. Um, it's very interesting to go through. I was looking through Twitter before the podcast just to have a look at what the general reaction was. And there's some really interesting stuff that the judge, uh, Judge Berman, put in his uh, 40-page ruling. And one of the funniest bits is the fact that he puts quotation marks very intentionally around the word independent in reference to the Ted Wells investigation several times. Um, There's also an interesting bit. One of the uh, Football Guys staffers, Ari Engel, actually had this bit here. uh, that He thinks this is the key part of the ruling. I'll just read a little bit out. The award is premised upon several significant legal deficiencies, including A, inadequate notice to Brady of both his potential discipline and his alleged misconduct, so they didn't tell him basically. Uh, B, denial of the opportunity for Brady to examine one of two lead investigators, namely uh, NFL Executive Vice President and General Counsel Jeff Pash and C, denial of equal access to investigative files, including witness interview notes. Now, when you cut through all the legal mumbo-jumbo there, it's just it just once again illustrates how just poorly this has been handled from the NFL's point of view and you know I- I'm glad it's over personally yeah I'm glad it's over but from the NFL's point of view uh, I don't want to bash the NFL but from the neutral point of view it seems to be that from the outset when the whole investigation took place in that uh, game against the Colts the whole way through until this point that it's almost been a I don't know a witch hunt maybe nearly you called against Tom Brady like they're, they're going against one of the the most uh, significant quarterbacks significant players in NFL history particularly of the last 15 to 20 years if you take out uh, Peyton Manning definitely I would say the most significant figure he's won four Super Bowls he won the, the past Super Bowl and it's really just been uh, handled so bad I think they kind of wanted to show that they had authority after what went on with Ray Rice Adrian Peterson and so on in those cases and I think they went completely overboard um, you know, I think they didn't really do their research into it from the start as to the, the air pressure in the balls, how it's affected due to the climate and so on. But just the way it was trudged through, and you see now that the, the judge has come out and he's taken Brady's side again. So just uh, even the appeal went against Brady from the NFL when Goodell heard it. So everything all along has just, uh, I don't know, it's... The Patriots fans have called all along for uh, Roger Goodell's head. There was talk after Ray Rice situation last year that maybe Goodell should have went. Then the Adrian Peterson thing happened. There's been so many things that uh, have happened. And then even with Greg Hardy down with the Dallas Cowboys, he had a, I think it was a 10-game suspension at the start. It's yeah. been reduced to, I think, four games at this point. So the, the, the process you know, of them giving out suspensions has really been called into question. And when I talked to DJ, my brother, uh, after when he rang me, I was saying that this puts the NFL in such a bad situation that I know there has kind of this is a difficult situation because there hasn't been proven guilt from either like from either yeah. Brady or the Patriots but in a general sense um, I think there is going to be a lot more times where players and that do try and go the, the route of appeal and take it to uh, higher court standards exactly and it, the 
the real question that comes from this is, you know, going forward, I don't think Goodell is going anywhere because the owners, He's making you know, too the league has never been more successful. Yeah. They're making so much money. There's no way they're going to get rid of him at this point. But there comes a point where, you know, you kind of say, well, what is going to be the, the downstream effect of all these decisions over the past couple of years with Goodell and his disciplinarian approach? And will, you know, we're coming up, I mean, it's been five years now since the last CBA was negotiated, but 2020, the 10 years will yeah. be up. And you just wonder if at that point it's kind of, has the damage been done so much that the NFLPA, the trust is just completely gone? You know, it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting now over the next few years. And any kind of disciplinary stuff that comes up in the next uh, few months and couple of years, to see how Goodell reacts to it and to see what, you know, what kind of backlash he'll get or what kind of reaction he'll get from the other side. Yeah, and it's another one as well. I'd say maybe even in two or three weeks, it'll all be forgotten about, never mind two or three years. We see these stories and exactly. you know, we just go on to the next thing. Whatever happens now, there'll be games tonight, somebody will get injured, there'll be talk about that there, there'll be talk about the, the Thursday night football next week, so on yeah. and so forth. So thankfully it might be in the back window, but then again, if they win next week, there'll be a lot of fans and maybe Brady shouldn't have been playing. But I'm all well to, to get past it and to stop discussing it. We've yeah. uh, we've done Great. seven or eight minutes on it now. So we'll, we'll move on to the, the AFC preview and... Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of happy Patriots fans out there tonight uh, after that news came through. So starting to guess what the AFC East, what the Patriots, what their division. I think this year, well, it's really helped the Patriots, that news that they're obviously going to improve significantly at the quarterback position. I thought with Brady out for four games, it could have been a a close run division. Overall, though, uh, how do you see this one running down? And I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about the position strengthening as a quarterback. But I think defensively, the Patriots uh, in that secondary have a, a test in time this season to see if uh, Super Bowl hero Malcolm Butler can step up. And there's other guys there. They kind of have a, a committee there to see who, who can step forward. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I've been impressed with what I've seen from Malcolm Butler so mm. far in the preseason. I'm not saying he's number one corner material straight away, but... You know he's definitely shown a lot of uh, good qualities, and of course with Belichick as head coach, you know these guys are always going to be coached up well. They're yeah. going to do their job and so on. Um, they have a couple of very good. Uh, Jamie Collins, I think I'm very high on him. Drod Mayo, see how he comes back. Chandler Jones, great pass rusher. Um, they have, you know, they they always get more out of the pieces they have than what they are as individuals. Like the team effort. Yeah, you know, definitely. The sum of the parts is greater. So. Um, I think offensively they'll pick up right where they left off. There's a little bit of question on the offensive line, especially in, on the interior. But um, the receiver position is a bit of a problem as well. I think that the the fail injuries. Are injuries. Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think it's it's the usual story. They're kind of lacking that outside threat. They, you know, that the the, the uh, thing every year with the Patriots seems to be well, they're not going to be able to throw it deep. Who's their vertical threat? And you know, they want it to be Aaron Dobson, but I don't think he's he's been able to really. Put, his, uh, put himself in a position to do that yet. So, you know, I still fancy them to win the division. Uh, this Brady news obviously changes these things a bit. But to be honest, I still may have picked them week one over Pittsburgh, even if it was Garoppolo under center. So, um, yeah, you know, you, you have to trust in Bill. <laughs> well, with all the injuries, they, or not with all the injuries, with all the suspensions, the Pittsburgh Steelers have had definitely, uh, you could have seen that happening, missing uh, Martavis Bryant along with Le'Veon Bell now as well at this stage, so it's, it's going to be an interesting game next Thursday, but as the division on a whole goes, I think the Dolphins have obviously improved uh, defensively, they've taken in Indomitian Sue, I thought I was impressed with their defence last year as well, Brian Tannehill's, you know, took a nice step forward last year in the second half of the season, I remember 
talking about how quickly we forget about things around the time that they played. I think it was Oakland Raiders they faced in Wembley last season. There was talk about, you know, was that going to, he was really on the hot seat, would uh, Moore step in as the, the quarterback again? So it's yeah. interesting to see how quick it turns around. But he did finish the season quite well. Then the Buffalo Bills, there's a lot going on there, obviously. Uh, with the situation at uh, quarterback Tyrod Taylor starting there now, and uh, they have they have quite a, a nice team. They have a great defense, like a great defense in NFL terms. This year, I think has probably four of the top six or seven defenses in the entire league now uh, in this division. But when you're looking around at the Bills, just you'd be wondering as a as a running threat, Tyrod Taylor is definitely going to be effective. I think, but as a as a passing threat, that's the one part I'd worry about for them. There, uh, obviously, they took in the Sean McCoy at running back, and he's obviously. Going to, going to help them there but at the minute as well his status up in the air for week one but the New York Jets as well um, quarterback situation again Geno Smith out yeah. with a broken John Fitzpatrick's going to be starting there I think though there's a lot of pieces in this division that are being slightly overlooked I think uh, I think uh, Chris Ivory could be in for a good season for the New York Jets I think when he's been given opportunities he's done quite well the Dolphins as well have uh, Lamar Miller who I'm expecting big things from in a contract year so there's a lot of pieces around the division that are, are quite good in, in a whole way and obviously Darrell Rivas is back with the Jets as well so it's going to be it's going to be a fun division to watch it's going to be very physical definitely going to be uh, strong from a defensive point of view um, over the whole division as a whole is there any other key points you think that will need to you know for these teams to really produce I think you hit on many of the main points there I think the the most interesting situation is in Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor because you know Rex Ryan has had quarterbacks in the past who he's kind of you know the Sanchez's and so on he's kind of had to kind of put a leash on and say okay this is what you have to do now I think he'll do the same with Tyrod Taylor because arguably this Bills uh, defensive unit is the best in the league and they have an argument for that at least um so it'll be interesting to see how he uses Taylor because I think you see this at the start of seasons a lot where you know the player will start off hot and then you know defensive coordinators will eventually say okay well we can pinpoint this weakness we can take this away let's see how he reacts so it's going to be the pocket passer uh, mentality that he'll need to take on at Tyrod Taylor but it'd be interesting to see if he incorporates any zone read stuff um, with McCoy who's had experience with that obviously with the Eagles yeah. um, I like Carlos Williams as well in Buffalo yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a lot of looks because I think what, what I saw from McCoy last year I was not very impressed by he's very east-west he doesn't seem to have this burst he used to have so I think Williams is more of a north-south runner and I think Rex Ryan will like that um, yeah, I mean, the other teams, I, I think every, as you say, every game in this division, any division game in the AFC East is must-watch material for defensive football, yeah. I think, um, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think if I had to pick a team who would usurp the Patriots, I think it would be Miami just for the all-around attack and defense that they have. Um, and Lamar Miller, as you said, an outstanding player. At Tannehill, you kind of get the feeling that he's finally... You know he's finally grasping this offense. He's you know he's very very comfortable in the preseason. I know it's only preseason. Yeah. But we can look into these things as much or as little as uh, as we like. But yeah, um, I think yeah Miami would be second for me. So I'll go New England, Miami, Buffalo, and then the Jets in last. But highly competitive division. I can't wait to see these games. Yeah, I think I think the Bills and the Jets are going to be very close. It all comes down to Tyrod Taylor's the X factor there. If he has a very good season and goes away above expectations, I think the team has a chance of making the playoffs. I think though the other problem is that. If his play's terrible and if LaShawn McCoy, as you mentioned, has actually regressed and has passed his best, that's going to be a difficult situation for them. The Miami Dolphins are the very interesting one here because they have some players that they've taken in as well as what they have. They've taken in a rookie in Devontae Parker who hasn't been really able to get in the field yet. They have yeah. the likes of Kenny Stills was traded for this season, which is interesting. They have a veteran there and Greg Jennings. And they've taken in Jordan Cameron, who is a kind of, I was a sentiment an X-Factor in uh, 
Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor. I think if Cameron can avoid the injuries, obviously is a, a bad concussion history. I think he could be a player that really elevates the play of this team if he's playing across the middle there and can stay injury free. If you have the tight end there, uh, it's a real safety yeah, blanket for that, Panama. In that offense, hmm. in that offense, it's the tight end that you can target. The, that's Bill you know, Wilson, that's yeah. Kind of, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 so Jordan Cameron, I watched him. Um, I, I'm a Panthers fan, and we played them the second week of preseason, and he had one terrific and now he didn't make the catch but he had he was basically blazing down the sideline and only Shaq Thompson was able to keep up with him and break the pass up at the last second but just little glimpses like that give you an idea of what exactly this Miami offense can do if uh, given the opportunity yeah and with Tannehill as well the ceiling the ceiling is still kind of unknown with him because he's been he was a wide receiver in college only played quarterback he's really only playing quarterback for about four years now when you look at it so to be at this level in the NFL is quite incredible so there's still a lot of room to grow I I find it hard as well in this division to look past the Patriots, but I do think if someone's going to challenge them, I think it's the Dolphins, and I think the two of them could go, possibly go to the playoffs as uh, wild cards. And I, I I thought the Dolphins could win this division outright up until that uh, Brady news broke. So it, uh, it's a bit of a blow to Dolphins fans, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be a very very competitive. Next up, the NFC North. We have the Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals, and Cleveland Browns, and they're all teams that on paper of potential the Cleveland Browns are still trying to fight their way back try and get some sort of success but you know the Bengals on paper people were talking about them this time last year as you know the best team in the NFL on paper but with Andy Dalton the quarterback still going to be the question there the team that hasn't been much talked about in, uh, over over the offseason and that's the Baltimore Ravens they're a team that I, I've been impressed with how they just keep going each and every year do their business quietly draft well and keep things ticking over I think they're going to be the tough team to beat in this division this year your thoughts uh, I'm exactly yeah I'm with you I'm with you Baltimore <laughs> I picked to win that division um, I think they don't get talked about enough I no, think they, they have a very solid roster they might not be sexy but they, they get the job done and yeah they, they are definitely my pick uh, offensive line Monroe assembly last year you saw down the stretch Yanda amazing guards tandem there uh, Smitty's still there Steve Smith um, you know they have enough at receiver Brashad Perryman it's a pity about his injury yeah uh, four set, you know, we'll see how he transitions to the new offensive scheme. I think it'd be fine. And I mean, defensively, they have all the pieces you need: C.J. Mosley, uh, Jimmy Jernigan, Brandon Williams, nose tackle, Kyle Davis, third yeah. round pick, going to contribute. Uh, veterans like Chris Canty, you know, Courtney Upshaw, Jimmy Smith is back at corner. So I mean, I don't see many holes in this team. And uh, you know, although this division is always kind of it's highly competitive I still wouldn't fancy Baltimore to uh, edge it by a game or two yeah you mentioned they're not a kind of sexy team they've a, you know their, their head coach is quite quiet well up until last week against the Washington Redskins he was quite quiet he had a bit of a, yeah. a coming together with uh, Jay Gruden but I think overall they just get about their business they're, I'm a Packers fan they remind me a bit of the Packers they just get about their business each and every year keep a solid roster going I remember a few years back when they won the Super Bowl everyone thought well this team's just going to get absolutely ravaged after it there's going to be no talent left but again they've, they've built around Joe Flacco and the team's going the end interesting thing here is uh, Justin Forsett you mentioned the key pieces on the offensive line and will Justin Forsett be able to do what he did last year because he hadn't really done it in his career prior to that but then you mentioned as well Mark Tressman coming in as offensive coordinator I think uh, they're going to be very very solid this year I think it's going to be kind of run based and then Flacco taking those deep shots but then you know uh, Perryman as well hasn't got on the field and uh, we'll see what he can bring but a lot of positive talk after the draft about him Steve Smith and the and the Steve Smith farewell tour this season as well so we'll, we'll yeah. see how he does at age 36 but he looks looks nice and sprite in uh, preseason and he was having fun against the, the Redskins last week as well uh, yeah Next Typical. up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next one up is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are facing the Patriots, of course. 
next Thursday in the opening game of the season. Tom Brady back in that one. And uh, the Patriots in that one are obviously going to be missing Garrett Blunt too, but the Steelers are missing a couple of their stars. And obviously Le'Veon Bell, the biggest one of those. Also Martavis Bryant serving a four-game four ban. And his, uh, you know, a lot of talk about him this season, a lot of buzz, but I think it had got so over the top that you know it, it might just calm it down a little bit but it's going to be a mess for the Steelers he looks kind of he looks sharp in pre-season he was catching some balls and he, he, after the catch he's extremely athletic as well so I think though with Ben Roethlisberger you're going to have uh, a nice solid quarterback there for the whole season the team as a whole looks solid but they, they lost points as well at centre against the, the Packers in pre-season I think it was in pre-season week two so they've had blows as well uh, very much so at this early stage of the season your outlook uh, on the season for the Steelers overall yeah, I think you're right. I, I think Roethlisberger is going to need to have a big season because mm. uh, this offense will need to, <laughs> I think, put up 35 points a game. With, yeah, the with, defense uh, doesn't look the good. Defense, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit worried about that side of the ball. Um, I think in certain positions, the personnel is there. I really like Shazir. Yeah, um, Shazir, the inside linebacker. Uh, outside pass rush, ew, I'm not so sure. Harrison <laughs> Hawks and Jarvis Jones. Yeah, James Harrison, he'll do his bit. Bud Dupree, haven't been very impressed with him. I didn't really like him coming into the draft. Um yeah, it's it's a fascinating team as always. Um, I think the secondary is the just, big the big weak link here. Yeah, it is, it is. Um, so uh, I don't know. I don't know what the over under is on that first week's uh, game, uh, New England Pittsburgh. But uh, I take the over. <laughs> the uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a long season. I think with uh, Pouncey as a key piece there for them. Bell obviously missing the first two games. I think after that, then they'll start to settle up. You know, when you're playing the Super Bowl champions in that opening game, it's always tough to to get a win in that one. So they'll probably lose that. But over the season, still expect them to probably get eight or nine wins. And then just it only there's a couple of games swing whether you make the playoffs or you win the division. So always this division, the games are going to be tough week in week out. But I think as well the the Steelers do have the potential with somebody like Antonio Brown with Le'Veon Bell to to get the points on the board that you mentioned that they might need. But uh, next up, we're going to go to the the Bengals. And I mentioned their roster. You know, they took in Jeremy Hill last year in the draft, and he was very impressive as a rookie. I'm a fan of Giovanni Bernard, so he's 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 one of the better backups in the league. But it all comes around again to to Andy Dalton and what can he do for the team this season? You know, they have they have nice pieces on defense as well. But overall, how far can the quarterback bring them once again? Yeah, that seems to be the question every season. And Andy Dalton maybe gets a bad rep because of this and just the playoff nightmares yeah, that he's prime had, time. had to go through in the last few seasons. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of feeds into the the perception of the Bengals as a team but as you say really from top to bottom I've heard many many analysts kind of say this is probably the most solid roster that you find in the NFL from a depth perspective as well they took the two offensive tackles so they've got great depth at that position so any offensive line injuries won't be devastating for this team AJ Green you know Marvin Jones hopefully he can come back and be what he was you mentioned Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard you won't get many better backfield talents than that and no. they really like Rex Burkhead as well yeah. he's been playing a lot of slot receiver which is kind of interesting to see how they go with that and defensively Geno Atkins back um, he's not quite where he needs to be yet but in the preseason the signs have been very good yeah they've been talking um, about yeah, exactly. Uh, secondary looks good. We'll see about Burfecht coming back. That's a bit of a concern on the weak side. Um, but yeah, I mean, top to bottom, this is, you know, the Bengals, they're one of these teams that you could actually, you go into any game with the Bengals and you kind of say, we could win this game. You know, so that's, I mean, if you're in that position every week in the NFL, you're, you're looking good. So yeah, they're I, don't, certain, I don't think they're going to win the division. No, I don't think they will either. But they're certainly on paper, as I mentioned. But uh, football games aren't won on paper; they're won on the on the field. But you know, Dalton does get a tough time. But there's a lot of quarterbacks around the NFL that are certainly a lot worse than him. And we're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns now. So maybe they they'd be happy enough to make Sp- Dalton. Smooth transition there. Yeah. <laughs> the Browns, I think, are going to have another tough year of it. You know, uh, Johnny Manziel was there 
draft pick last year. They'd had two number one draft picks last year, but neither of them panned out very well for them. But you know, he seems to be maybe getting his head into the game a little bit more after Stinton rehab. And overall, the team, I, I think their their defense will be quite good this year. I, I expect, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think they've two decent running backs and then their, their rookie coming in Duke Johnson as well but he hasn't been able to get onto the field as of yet but I think overall there's a lot of pieces here that are just I think uh, below average the offensive line quite good but I just think as a whole it's just not going to be enough to, to make them competitive in this division yeah Cleveland one of those teams I really want them to be good yeah I'd like, like to see, see them the roster well, they yeah. have yeah. yeah you see the roster they have and you go oh it's just the quarterback position if they could just get over the top there but I think Cleveland are going to make things. I, I might. I probably say this every year about Cleveland, but I think they're going to make things very interesting, in, especially in divisional games um, against Pittsburgh, Baltimore, yeah. and Cincinnati. Just because defensively, yes, you, you look at this this group and you say, well, what's not to like? You know, very very solid. Danny Shelton has already made a huge impression, and he's only a rookie, and you know, he's he's going to be, actually give them a bit of pass rush from the interior. That's that's what they liked about him, not yeah. just being a kind of a clogger. Um, they've got veterans on that side of the ball, offensive line very very solid um, possibly top in the league so I mean uh, receivers oh yeah that's I, I think it's going to be a bit ugly at times It's, but they, they will be, be teams they shouldn't beat I think yeah, that's exactly what I would think about. There's people forget there's not a lot in the NFL on a week to week basis between winning and losing. Sometimes it's just like the, the weaker teams. We see it every year. Teams like the Jaguars and that'll step up in a big, a big game when maybe they're not expected to win and they they get over the line. Remember last year the Cleveland Browns uh, beating the New Orleans Saints before the Saints had that yeah. bad run. But teams will always cause surprises. The Browns have enough talent on their roster to make those surprises happen. It's just about doing it in a consistent basis week in week out. And as you mentioned, getting up for those divisional games sometimes you get. A little bit more motivation you kind of know the other teams are playing a little bit more as well so the Browns will make it interesting from that perspective but I just I would be ruling them out at this point as a playoff contender but there's each and every year there is that team that really does uh, come in and surprise you but in, in that division I think we're looking at the, the Ravens winning I think they've been very very quiet there's not much talk about them but I, I think they're going to have a nice season this year and I think they're going to play well I think then you know the Steelers and the Bengals will battle it out for second but I think one of them might get the wild card and if I had to choose right now I think it's going to be uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers from that one would you kind of agree along those lines yeah this, this wild card race in the AFC is is wild uh, yeah. yeah no pun intended um, I would agree <laughs> yes I, I think Pittsburgh um, would be my favourite to get in uh, although you know two wild cards can come from this division I wouldn't be surprised yeah but I, I know like every, then again you got Buffalo Miami yeah. you know, every division we look at we could say there could be two but unfortunately <laughs> there's only two from the, the whole exactly. the whole conference but next up the AFC South hasn't been very competitive in recent years Andrew Luck's going to come in and taking that over uh, in recent seasons since he came into the league the Colts the Texans the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, the tit- Texans obviously uh, on hard knocks this season and the Titans and Jaguars haven't really been relevant for, for any of the right reasons for quite some time but as we mentioned with the Browns there there are two teams I would like to see getting a little bit of runs uh, two very solid fan bases who've stuck through thick thick and tough times with their team but um, again the Indianapolis Colts I, I really can't see them uh, not winning this division I agree um, you have to make them the favourites and pretty solid favourite as well it's interesting today a report came out that uh, Chuck Pagano this is basically a make or break year for him um, yeah. why it would be I'm not sure but I think basically you know what it comes down to with the Colts is that they have this incredible player at the quarterback position who over probably for the next 10 years it puts them in a Super Bowl window a long one so they're basically kind of saying okay well if this guy can't get it done with Andrew Luck and the pieces around him then we have to move on we yeah. have to get someone else so, but yeah, from a talent point of view, I love the addition of Frank Gore. I think that they've needed a player like him in the backfield for a while. Um, Boom Heron, you know, he's 
he'll do his bit. He's kind of he, he's not spectacular, but uh, you know they they needed someone like Frank Gore, especially pass protection wise, because this line I think is a big worry. Yeah, uh, we've already seen preseason look is getting knocked around, and you know one of those hits may take him out one day. Um, DeAndre Johnson signing as well, love that. Um, we'll see about Dorsett. I was a bit confused with the draft pick when it happened, but I suppose adding to his strength can't ever be a bad thing. So um, see how that goes. Uh, defensively, yeah, I'm again with the Colts. I'm kind of it comes back to look. Uh, every time you look at this roster, you kind of go, okay, Vontae Davis, yeah, great corner. They've got some really good pieces, but at the end of the day, really, it comes back to the look. And playing in this division, not the worst. Uh, deck or not the worst hand to be dealt so to speak yeah that's very true I, I think as you mentioned they're adding a strength to a strength cannot be a weakness but when you look at say the Green Bay Packers losing Jordy Nelson and you know it was a kind of head scratching move uh, when they took uh, Ty Montgomery in the draft but then you know if something happened to T.Y. Hilton you have Dorsett to come in Andre Johnson as well you know he's, he is older it's hard to know what sort of production you're going to get out of him maybe it just won't work out as well as people are expecting but I think uh, Frank Gore coming in you know last season uh, they had Bradshaw their former Giants running back as well and up into his injury he was one of the, the better running backs in the red zone in particular but he had issues with fumbles last year I think if you look at Frank Gore he's going to be reliable at the ball and, you know he's been running against stack boxes in San, uh, San Francisco for years and years I think this year he's going to have so yeah. much room open uh, I think it's going to really revitalise his career for a year or two I think and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does overall uh, I think they're very strong on offense I think the offensive line again is going to be a weakness and uh, we've seen that last season as well but Andrew Luck with his athleticism can provide a lot of kind of breaks for that that offensive line the same as when you see up in uh, Seattle the offensive line is going to have their struggles but Russell Wilson will help them out a lot of times and get them out of trouble the Texans obviously have JJ Watt he's the, the key cornerstone off the, the defense there and uh, then I think on offense I, I like the Andre Hopkins I like what I've seen from him I think it's going to be a big year for him but again Hoyer is uh, kind of the veteran presence and uh, Whitey by all accounts was quite solid last year I don't think we're going to see anything spectacular from him I think you know what you're kind of going to get on on that front the Tennessee Titans uh, new quarterback in and Mariota I, I think he's looked quite good at times in the preseason but again it is the preseason but there's been some positives there um, the running back situation is very cloudy with Sankey and with Cobb coming in there offensive line that needs to be I think it has improved but until we get into the season we're not too sure yet but there's a lot of kind of it's hard to know exactly what you're going to get from this team I like Lenny Walker at tight end but then wide receiver is a big question mark all around for all of them they all have talent but what what will they show and then the Jacksonville Jaguars you mentioned a make or break season for uh for the Colts and uh, Chuck Pagano I think it's kind of a make or break season in a way for Gus Bradley because he's had a, a chance to come in they have given time to try and get his regime going they've given him I think this is his fourth season maybe and uh, you know if they go again under under 500 this season I think it might be just one year too many they have given him time but you know you can't have forever as well when you're you know f- finishing with five or four wins every season uh, do you think the Titans I think we kind of know what we're probably going to get from the, the Texans and the Titans and the, the Jaguars, do you think they could spring a surprise, maybe get uh, maybe get eight or nine wins this season? Mm, I don't know about eight or, eight or nine mm. wins, but I think, uh, especially Tennessee, I'm pretty intrigued by that whole situation. Um, yeah, I've been impressed as well by Mariota in preseason, and again, the caveat, it is only preseason, yeah. but um, I think he will be able to, his skill set, and he'll be able to get the best out of the weapons he has. I especially think the, the Kendall Wright connection, you know, just the kind of quick hitting passes, yeah. three-step, get the ball out, you know, let him run with it. Um, I think Tennessee are going to be a lot more interesting to watch this year. Um, 
defensively, I'm not so convinced by them. I think that'll probably be their weak be point. Be shootouts so. if they're going to win, I think. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, Bishop Sankey even showing some signs of life, which is amazing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and uh, as for the Jags, um, I agree with you with Gus Bradley. Yeah, he needs to really. They need to see the step up this year, so it has to be, I think, seven and nine at least, possibly eight and eight, for for him to keep uh, the job, depending how patient they're willing to be. Um, with that team, I'm kind of, you know, I do like several of the pieces on the team. I like Telvin Smith, linebacker. I like Puzzlesny, veteran presence. I think yeah. they're finally getting the scheme in place now with the players they want. I don't think they have every player they want in that four three under, but uh, we'll see. And offensive line, uh, you know, they they get by. I've really been impressed by Wardles in the preseason. Um, he looks a lot more decisive. You know, last season apparently he just he was kind of floundering. You know, yeah. He just gave too much. But now they seem to have kind of pared the offense down, keep it more simple, just let him go out and execute. So um, yeah, I mean, I think the first six weeks of the season you kind of you will get a really good snapshot of these teams and what direction they're heading. Yeah, I think with the with the Jaguars as well, they have an incredibly young roster. If you look at what they've drafted over the last few years, and Allen Robinson has got a lot of buzz this offseason, looks quite good, and then they did get T.J. Eldon and the draft this year at running back. It'll be interesting to see how it all develops, how it all works together for them, because they are incredibly young, and they're going to be learning as they go. Uh, you know, if you go to back to the draft last season, apparently we'd be waiting for Blake Bartle's... Uh, debut as a, as a Jaguar in the regular season but eventually yeah. they had to throw him in <laughs> they didn't want to play him to that second year so he was kind of thrown in, he did kind of flounder at times but uh, you know it's part of the learning curve and you know we'll see how big of a step forward he takes this season I think uh, we both agree that the, the Colts are probably going to wrap that up and wrap it up quite convincingly uh, in the south, uh, the, the west is up next Denver Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs and Oakland Raiders again uh, I expect the the Broncos to be similar to what they were last year. New offensive scheme coming in there as well. New head coach, uh, Pitt and Manning's arm strength always been taken into question. The San Diego Chargers, Philip Rivers, uh, had a nice season last year. Was kind of a lot of MVP talk at kind of the halfway point for him. Things slowed down. Antonio Gates at age 85 is going to miss the first four games of the regular season. Uh, can green step in for him there. And then you have the, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are one here that I think could be uh, the wild card in this division. I think they could really step up this year. And then you have the Oakland Raiders, of course, who are stepping in the right direction, like the Jacksonville Jaguars. But is it still a year or two too early for them to, to make that progress? Your thoughts on the uh, AFC West in general? Yeah, it's another fascinating division. Um, I'm actually in the, I think Denver might take a step back camp, um, yeah, especially think, offensively. Yeah. Uh, the Peyton Manning thing, I mean, we can't look into too much, um, you know, preseason wise, but there's been several throws where I've kind of gone, ooh. I think we'll I think we'll know in uh, two or three two or three games. In, I think exactly. Yeah, um, I think the team around him is good enough to keep. I especially like the Evan Mathis addition will really help. Yeah, um, I think C.J. Anderson, a big fan of him. I think defensively they're very very solid, despite the Derek Wolf suspension. I, I'm pretty. I, I think they'll probably win games in a completely different way this year. And people at the start of the season who maybe more casual fans might kind of say, well, what's going on with the offense? Why aren't they scoring? They might win games, I don't know, like uh, 20, 13. Yeah. People might kind of say, well, what's going on? But yeah, this is the new Denver and you know, Kubiak in charge. Things are going to be a bit different. Um, yeah, Kansas City are really interesting to me. I, I think um, Alex Smith gets a bad rap with the whole, you know, oh, touchdowns to receivers. Yeah. And but he seems to be connecting really well with Macklin. Um, and also Albert Wilson has been playing pretty well. And even uh, Chris Conley, their third-round pick, and some reps at the first team. So, uh, obviously, Jamal Charles still there. Kelsey is a beast when uh, when given the opportunity. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very hard to call this division. I think you're right about the wild cards. And Oakland, I think, will be left behind. But I, I actually fancy San Diego to win this division. Yeah. Um, just kind of, I, I can't give you a proper reason. It's more of a good feeling. <laughs> 
but uh, it's mainly the Denver thing. I just see the slight regression with Denver, and I think San Diego and Denver, talent-wise, are very, very close. Um, I just, I also, I think Stevie Johnson, great addition for San yeah. Diego. Um, I just, yeah, I just have a feeling. You know, it's one of those things you, you can't, you have to switch it up sometimes. Yeah, I think if you're looking at the, if the Broncos do regress uh, a game or two, I think there's less of a step for the Chargers if they can stay at the level they were last year to win in the division rather than I think the Chiefs will have to take a big jump from that. From that, when you look at the Chargers, I think they get a bad rep too. You know, they they have Philip Rivers up until last season. He kind of got a lot of slag and uh, you know has maybe not been one of the top quarterbacks but I think going into this season the perspective is different Danny Woodhead missed a lot of last season they were unlucky last season with a lot of offensive line injuries I think they played maybe four centres at a stage last season I was yeah. over in San Diego in week two they bet the Seattle Seahawks Ryan Matthews got injured in that game he missed the rest of the season basically for them came back towards the end but wasn't effective so they've changed up the running backs Danny Woodhead's back um, you know maybe this could be a blessing in disguise for them with the uh, Antonio Gates as he gets older give uh, a chance to just focus on to see what Green can do for the next four games see how he develops they have some nice pieces on defense as well and I think as a whole I think they could really be a strong threat this season after taken Philip Rivers in a lot of fantasy leagues I think the Chiefs you mentioned their defense the pass rush there in particular with uh, Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware you know there's they probably have arguably the best pass rush in the in the NFL, but a team that could take them over for pass rush is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think their defense is going to be really, really strong this year. I think with Eric Berry coming back, I know there's not a lot of room for sentiment in the NFL, but I think the team, a team, you know, with the the Chuck Strong thing a couple of years ago with the the Colts, sometimes the team really gets behind a thing like that, and a player coming back from an injury or a health scare like that can help buy the team and give yeah. them some some confidence going into it. But Alex Smith does get a, a tough time. I, I I am a fan of him because. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that can't even do what he does. You know, I mentioned with Hoyer. Well, at some stage this season for, for the Texans, he is going to throw a couple of terrible interceptions. You don't often see that with Alex Smith. He's kind of the steady head. And uh, I remember back to the game against the Colts when the Colts had an amazing comeback a couple of years ago in the in the playoffs and bet the Chiefs in Indianapolis. And he, he threw some real strong downfield passes in that game. I think maybe Andy Reid's keeping it a little bit tighter. And if you look at the receivers he had to throw to last season, you know, he had Dwayne Bowe, and he didn't have a whole lot more to go along with it. So I think maybe this season, with the addition of Macklin, who they do look to be looking up, linking up quite well with, and then Connolly seems to be a bit of a deep threat for them as well. So I, I think the Chiefs are going to be very, very interesting. And it's the first division I think we're going to disagree on. I think I'm, I'm going to go for the Chiefs to, to win this because I haven't even mentioned Jamal Charge yet, and, you know, we all know what he can do. You know, averaging such high yards per carry each and every season phenomenal after the catch on short passes can take them all the way to the house so I think it's going to be a very very interesting season for them and I think the the Chiefs haven't mentioned Houston either in the pass rush I think could be phenomenal uh, the Raiders again it's going to be the, a similar story I'm not as high on Derek Carr as a lot of people were after last season and I think we might see that in the season but he could also take a step forward there's a lot of unknowns uh, in the Raiders team K- Khalil Mack I think we have to mention him oh, yeah. he, he looks to be an absolute star in the making for them so the good news for the Raiders fans who might think that I'm very down on the team is for for once in the Raiders organisation over the last seven or eight years they have a lot of young pieces that can be the future of this team rather than you know they have a Mari Cooper taking in now they have uh, you know really turned the team around turned it over a lot of young players I remember was it was two seasons ago they kind of they went and signed maybe five or six veteran free agents all over the age of 30 so they have an opportunity now uh, to to improve and I think maybe even six or seven wins would be a positive season for them but it's going to be close for those other three teams I think we might also see one of the wild cards coming from here I'm sure Peyton Manning is going to have a lot to say about Austin you know it, it yes. might be a good season for them but we two or three weeks in I think we will know 
is Peyton's arm going to be good? Are the team going to be good uh, from a passing perspective, or are they going to be bad? Maybe it go, it'll either go one or the other way. I, I, I do believe that, and um, it's going to be it's certainly going to be interesting to see. But I think on the whole, I'm going for the Chiefs to win this. Uh, you're going for the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, I think they're with San Diego. Yeah, and just interestingly, uh, the first couple of games for Denver, uh, it's home Baltimore, and then at Kansas City week two. Yeah, we just talked about their two defenses and getting a good job they signed Mathis because <laughs> they could have been yeah. a, a bit of mo- a bit of trouble there. We know Peyton's not the most mobile; they could have been maybe handing the ball off on every player, maybe have two exactly. running backs in the backfield to pick up some blocks for him. But yeah. it's going to be it's going to be a fascinating season. It's only a week away, and thankfully, with things like the the deflate gate that has gone on, we are, we're starting to look now towards uh, the actual football, the actual good stuff, and we can start to see it all happening on the field. Finally, after we've picked all those divisions, we've picked the teams that we think are going to be successful in this division. Do you want to have a stab at who you think possibly the AFC representative in next year's Super Bowl in February uh, could possibly be? Hmm, that's a very good question. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go with Baltimore because they are the team that I trust. Yeah. And we saw last season in the playoffs, I mean, they can be New England anywhere. You know, they've done it before. And if, if New England are the biggest threat or, you know, that they have to face, you know, in terms of playoffs. Yeah, I think I'll go with Baltimore. Of all the division winners I picked, and I'm just looking through it, and I just got, yeah, Baltimore would be the team I would trust the most. Yeah, and when, when we look at Baltimore, we didn't. I don't even think we mentioned Joe Flacco when we previewed the team. You know, getting into yeah. the playoffs, just such a steady head to have in the playoffs. Rarely makes the exactly. big mistakes, and uh, he has the arm, you know, to play in the cold weather conditions. And he doesn't seem. I know they lost to the the Patriots the last game they played uh, up in Foxborough. But, he just doesn't seem to, to be afraid to play on the road, to play in the intimidating atmosphere. He just seems to get the job done. I think um, a lot of people will be expecting the Colts, and I just don't know as a whole. You mentioned the offensive line and so on. I think they're going to romp away with the division. I think they're going to probably maybe even be the team that gets the home field advantage, but I just don't know after that what happens. And I was uh, kind of... My team that I was going to say too was Baltimore. I feel... I feel like I should go for a different team, but just looking through the list, I think of the teams that you know. I think the Dolphins are going to have a big year, but I just don't trust them to make it. Then navigate their way through the playoffs. I think with the the coach combination and the, just the strength of the roster of the Baltimore Ravens, I think they could be a real nice, uh, real nice chance of making a deep playoff run. But maybe four weeks into the season when they're zero and four, uh, will sound terrible talking about this. But <laughs> it all changes when it, when the season actually starts. Yeah, it's, <laughs> everyone has to revise everything. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun talking with you, Dave. Uh, going through all the the stuff in the AFC in particular, and hopefully we can do it again down the line. Just anything that you want to plug, uh, any of your writing or that, or any ways that people can get in and view some of your work. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Davlar87, and that's D-A-V-L-A-R-8-7. Um, I do weekly columns on Football Guys. I do my IDP matchups to exploit and avoid, which will give you the, the matchups to go with every week if you play on the IDP side of fantasy football. Yeah. And I'm also introducing a column this year called Inside Slant, where I'll be going through some bets for the week, some more alternative-style bets um, that you might be interested in if you are of the gambling persuasion. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, that's... Uh, that's it. I know we have a lot of listeners last year in particular uh, we we often do a lock of the week each week on the show and uh, I know there's a lot of them interested in the gambling side um, I know a lot of the NFL podcasts and particularly the NFL network shows and that can't talk about gambling but here uh, we have we have no rules against it so anyone that wants to check them articles out I think it's really worth doing and of course uh, follow Dave on Twitter at DaveLar87 as well uh, thanks a lot Dave for coming on the show it's been a lot of fun talking um, I'm going to be back next week to do uh, NFC preview for the show and uh, until then hope all the listeners uh, have a good weekend and uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the show until then have a good one
Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.